0: turn to uh, Matthew chapter 5 surprisingly we're in the great Sermon talking about the Sermon on the Mount I know you you all discerned that we would be there by the Holy Ghost and uh, so glory to God Matthew chapter 5 uh, we're in a series what part is this six. six. Wow. So we're going to finish with verse 12 today. So six weeks, two verses a week. We only have three chapters in the great sermon. You know, we'll be done before 2020. It'll be good. And uh, <laughs> But uh, no, it'll speed up a little bit faster uh, after this. But we've just been in the Beatitudes. And I, you know, Jesus made a statement when he started this sermon off. Because he goes basically verse, what is it, 3... Uh, I believe, yeah, verse three through twelve. Is, is basically all blessed, 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 blessed. Here's this great sermon that Jesus preached and now is going to be preached for thousands of years. And what does he start off doing? He starts off, he gets up to preach, he goes up on there. And you got to understand, he might have been sitting to begin with, but his message is like this. It's like, blessed, 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 blessed. He's making a statement. He's talking about you. Yeah, yeah. You're blessed. Amen. The great sermon, and he starts it out like that. Come on. He made a statement. Is, I mean, is that how you hear all sermons start out? Y'all are the blessed of the Lord. That's not how most sermons today in, in America go. They're all like, oh, y'all are horrible. Y'all are awful. You need to clean up. Get your stuff together. Then come be a part of us. Right? That's not the way he did it. Yeah. He went blessed. Now let that empower you yeah. to go and good. sin no more. Amen. So a lot of times I think we miss the point in the church, but but Jesus really made a statement. I want you blessed. Yeah. I want you blessed. I want you blessed. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. Are you the blessed of the Lord? Amen. Amen. All right, now, here's the question: Are we living it the way that Jesus preached it? Not well, probably not. You know, just in the isn't isn't the gospel the good news? Yeah. amen. But what do most people associate the church with? Judgment, judgment, condemnation. That, that's honest. Yeah, and even even people like and I've told you I've told you if you got a good pastor. They're going to challenge your flesh and they're going to stretch you. Your flesh doesn't need to stay still and it certainly doesn't need to grow. The flesh needs to go down and be in submission to the spirit man who's renewed and led by the Holy Spirit, right? So a, a good preacher is going to get on your flesh. A good preacher is going to put you know let the finger of the Lord come out of his mouth and put finger right on your flesh area that needs help right? Yep. That needs some correction, needs the gutters cleaned out, right? But see, what do we do with that a lot of times? We immediately, in Romans chapter 8 and, uh, verse, and verse 1, it says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I can't tell you, you know, we've had Bimring for about nine and a half years and somebody asked me on the plane, uh, they said, they said, uh, how long have you been preaching? I was like, man, it's about 20 years now. Been preaching. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. That's a lot. Amen. And uh I didn't preach as much early on, but I, I was preaching. I was going actually into prisons and preaching and, and uh I was just a young kid. They were probably laughing at me, and I'm sure they were, but it didn't matter. And uh you know, so anyway. One thing that we've seen over these years is this, is that you can preach what we should be doing as Christians. And Christians have taken that so many times as condemnation, as kind of judgment and damnation. But they're looking at it from the wrong angle. you got to think the gospel is good news, but here's how it starts out. Look, you were in a mess, but God loved you so much that he saved you from your mess. And it's good news. You don't have to go where you were going. You get to go where he is. Amen. And it's awesome. And that is totally good news. And that, that is the gospel. But the gospel also is, now once you've received that, you cannot just stay at that low, beat-up level. You can rise to the blessed part. But the blessed part requires something on your behalf. And then a lot of times people are like, well, I can't do that. And that's where they got it wrong. And so what they do is they take condemnation because they haven't been doing it and their life doesn't match. Like when we, when we just read through these, you know, uh, look, listen to this and just, just let your heart and your mind do what it would do. So blessed uh, with the kingdom of heaven in verse 3. Blessed with comfort. Blessed uh, they'll inherit the earth. Blessed, for they shall be satisfied. Remember, that's gorged. They're overflowing. Blessed, they'll receive mercy. Blessed, they'll see God in their life. Blessed, they'll be called the children of God. Right? Blessed, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right? All of these things, blessed uh, because uh, you have rewards in heaven in verse 12. Now, whose life... Matches up with that in this room perfectly. Right, none of us. Now, should we take condemnation on ourselves for that? No, not at all. Not at all. We should not take condemnation on ourselves. We should just say, Oh, that's out there? Glory to God. And if He said it, I can go get it. You shall ought to say, Man, there's revelation. It's kind of like in the in the nighttime when you're driving down the road. And uh, the other day, I, uh, a few a little while ago, I had a rental car, and I didn't know it had this one feature on it. I was looking for the lights because you know how you in a rental car, and then all of a sudden it's nighttime, and you're like. Somebody didn't leave the lights on, and 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 you get in and it's light like in a parking lot, but it, your lights aren't on. And so in the parking lot you think you can see, but then you get out on the road you can't see. And then all of a sudden you're going, "Where's the lights at?" And you're flipping everything right. Well, this was a decent car that we had rented, and all of a sudden I was like moving buttons and everything, and the the high beams on this or the beams on this car like man they barely went from here to that wall well that's decent standing here but when you're moving down the road at 50 that's not a lot of distance right I didn't know they even made such things but there was this little knob that I had switched when trying to find the lights and when I rolled it up the high beams went zoop and shot on out there like several hundred yards and uh, I was like Hallelujah! And when I, I was like, "Well, what does it do?" When I roll it back down, and it went and it cut off the top of it, so the beams could only go so far. You know how nice it was when all of a sudden the beams came up and I could see where I was going. Yeah. That's the way we're supposed to do with these blessings. What? What? I can see where I'm supposed to go. I can see it. Amen. And but here's what the devil and our flesh wants to do. Look where you're supposed to be and you ain't at it. And we'll receive that. And then now we're walking in condemnation. And if we stay there and we don't deal with that condemnation, we start getting bitter towards that message because we're not there yet because we approached it the wrong way. Can you see that? And so what happens is, what what let's say that let's say that David doesn't handle that word and talk about the blessings of God right, and he doesn't handle it right, and he starts you know condemnation. He starts to see where he should be, but he's not. Then condemnation, and condemnation is to condemn, or the root word of that is to damn, right? Um, and that's not cussing; it's saying that there's a there's a damnation in condemnation, right? And so it's saying when we start moving in condemnation, we start receiving a dam, damning or a damnation in our life, a judgment in our life that we don't have to have because it says in Romans 8, 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or in other words, there is no damning, there's no damnation in Christ Jesus. So who all is in Christ Jesus in here? Right. That means there's no place for damnation or condemnation in your life. Yeah. There's no place for it. Amen. That's so good. Unless you accept it. And so let's say that that David doesn't do that and all of a sudden he receives that condemnation in his life right and he's carrying the weight now of I'm not good enough I see where I should be I'm not good enough that is not why the blessings are in there the blessings are in there to show you down the road to show you where you're going not where you could be this is where you're going yeah. this is where you're going You hear that? Look, you look at all those blessed. That's where you're going. That's where we're going. The blessed place. We're going into that abundance. We're going into that. It's not uh, uh, where I could go and I'm not. It's where we're going. Are are we on the road and the path to Jesus? We're going there. Glory to God, we're going there. Say it. Say, "We're we're going there. Amen. That's where we're going. We're going to the blessed places. But if you receive condemnation, then what happens is you keep saying, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And all of a sudden that condemnation starts to wear on you. You're you're not taking your thoughts. You're not not thinking I'm going there. You're thinking I'm not worthy. Well, that's self-righteousness, and it never has a good effect in our lives. All of a sudden, guess what happens if those thoughts aren't controlled? All of a sudden, every time I talk about the blessing, every time the preacher gets up here and, and lifts the lights up so you can see where, what God has for you, every time a good, a good pastor says, hey, this is where we got to go. Now, we might have to tweak some areas of the flesh, but we're going there. We're going there, right? Every time somebody that doesn't deal with those thoughts hears the blessing, they go, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And before they know it, what are they saying? Well, he's always preaching condemnation. No, no, no. Not preaching condemnation. You've accepted condemnation. We've preached we're going to the blessing. You are worthy. Not in your own self, but in Christ you're worthy. So here's, here's what you see in these verses. And this is, I'm going to give you two different things here. Uh, before we jump into the, the blessings, the last blessings there of the Beatitudes, I want to show you a, a couple of things. Uh, let, me, let me, David, come on up here. And uh, so here's what most people think that how salvation works, okay? So they think uh, that when they accept Jesus, that, uh, let, let's let you be on your knees. All right, so we're all beat down and low. And here's what they think. Then they accept Jesus, and so Jesus comes and he helps them up. Oh, glory to God! They feel so good. And uh, and I know I was I know I was uh, pretending to be Jesus for a second and helping you up, but you could have helped me a little bit. That was <laughs> anyway. So and 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 we're like, hey, you're great, you're awesome. And this is what they think. Jesus says to him, now all problems are fixed. From here on out, it's going to be like magic. And you've got some magic beans and they're going to work for you now, right? Everything you do, it's just going to be awesome, right? And uh, you think that it's going to be great. And then Jesus goes away and that person's not renewed in their mind. They have, still have habits they're still, they just got born again. They don't know much of anything. And, and they have like this honeymoon period with their salvation. You know, a few weeks, few months. And then all of a sudden, life right. slams them. And then they're going, Jesus, I thought this was going to be magic. Come on, that's good. Yep. That's really and they realize, I can't do, I can't be a Christian. Mm. That's what they think. Because they think it was going to be magic. That just when they believe something, it was just going to work and everything. And they just think it was magic. And so what happens is, now they realize I'm not strong enough. And that's true. On your own, you're not. But they realize I'm not strong enough. And so then what sets on? Condemnation comes. And it starts weighing them down before you know it. You don't see them. You know, all, they, all they preach is condemnation in that church. They don't know, no. They just misunderstood how this thing works. Yeah. They just misunderstood it. What actually happens is this. That person's down there. Jesus lifts them up. And he says, now be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And that will give you the power that you need to live right. this life. And then he sent us a helper and a comforter, and and I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you grace. Now most people think grace is that magic, and in a way it is, but they think just because grace is on my life now, everything's going to work. But they a lot of times they misunderstand what grace is actually for, because it tell, it talks about over in Peter, it says grace is given, and it's given to deny all ungodliness. Now, that shows us a picture of this. In other words, grace will come in. Grace and the Holy Ghost, through grace, will come in and strengthen you that when you have to walk out the path that God's got you on, grace is there. Even though you can't see it, sometimes you might not be able to feel it, grace is there. And if you will say, you know, all right, and let's say that he starts going down the road. And he reaches a, you know, a trial, right? Now, I, I need a trial. Who wants to be a trial? Come on, Kendall. <laughs> I need a trial. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this is a trial that's bigger than you by yourself. No, not <laughs> Just push on him, Push on there. Now, you're going, he tries, right? He tries to push back, but that trial's bigger than him. And he's losing ground. And he's like, Lord, I thought this was magic. I thought it was magic. I thought your grace was just magic. I can't tell you how many people have thought that. And the trial's beating him. Yeah. But what they don't understand is grace is there the whole time. And all, all he has to do is say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not doing this in my own righteousness. I'm doing this. I, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, And verse 17 says I'm a new creation, a new creature. Verse 21 says uh, that I am made the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm made God's righteousness. Wait a minute. I was trying to do this in my righteousness. I don't do it in my righteousness. If I'm made right with God, then I've got a right to call on my Savior, my Advocate, and he will help in time of trouble in Hebrews chapter 4. And so when this person w- understands that and wakes up to that, they can say, Jesus, I need your grace. Amen. And what's going to be right there with him? It's right there with him the whole time. It's just maybe he didn't know it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that trial doesn't stand a chance because it really doesn't matter what David's bringing to the table. What really matters is what grace is bringing to the table. What grace is bringing to the table. Right? Right? All he's got to do is just be the ambassador God's called him to be and know who he is. And all of a sudden, he can plow through. Well, every one of these, thank you, fellas, every one of these blessings is conditional. And most people will look at these conditions and say, I don't know that I can do that. Like last week, uh, Pastor Nicole was talking about mercy, right? Talking about mercy. And all of a sudden, you know, you paid. You paid for that piece of pottery. You paid for that piece of pottery. They broke it, or at least it feels like they broke it. Now they're not giving the refund, and and what you want to do is just, you know, go nuts, right? You just want to blow up. That'd be a horrible witness and everything else. But here's what you got. What did did it say here, that mercy? It says, but blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. They shall receive mercy. Now, here's the thing about that. Is mercy, uh, what she was describing last week is mercy is giving somebody what they want even when they don't deserve it, yeah. right? And so in other words, what's that person want even if they messed up? They want mercy. What do you want to give them in your flesh when they mess up? Not mercy. No, I don't know. And la- I can tell you in the last 24 hours, uh, I've had a few, a few times where I didn't want to give mercy, right? It's been interesting, challenging to me. You know what? I, I grew some mercy muscles in the last 24 hours. Hallelujah. Amen. But here's, here's the thing, and guess what? We, just this morning, two more people came oh, to the I'll Lord, amen. Amen. amen? Because we're making disciples, winning souls and making disciples. That's who we are. Oh, devil, you want, you want to give a hard time? Let me just find somebody need Jesus. Yeah. We'll see how long the hard time lasts. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Right? In other words, you just start pulling on grace. Yeah. You just start pulling on grace. Oh, let me put faith in that grace. Well, here's the thing. In that term, I want mercy in my life. I want favor, and I want forgiveness in my life whether I deserve it or not. Then I've got to give it. So here's the question. It's the blessing that's a blessing of God. So what I need to ask myself is which one do I want? Do I want my money back when they mess something up? Do I want my money back and do I want to feel redeemed in my flesh or do I want the blessing of God? Come on. Yeah. Now, see, in the moment, <laughs> we want to tell somebody what we think. But we got to think, we got to know, what does the scripture say? Oh, I can either get my money back and show my tail, but that doesn't mean that I actually am going to get my money back, or that doesn't mean that I actually will feel better. Actually, you probably feel worse because you're given to the flesh and not to the spirit. And so, uh, but we feel like we're justified. It's a worldly justification. And so, but we have to wait. Do I want mercy or do I want to give mercy and get the blessing of God? Or do I want my money back and feel good about how I told them off? In a worldly justification. So see, when you start to understand these. Now, here's the thing. Anybody ever been in those situations and actually felt completely strengthened by God to do this right when it happened? Most of the time not. Most of the time you don't feel that way. Most of the time you feel like flipping out. Most of the time, that's what you want to do right in that moment. But that's when you say, ooh, ooh, I can't do this by myself. This little trial trying to get me to blow up instead of give mercy, I feel it. If I try to do it in my own strength, I can't do it. Jesus, I need some grace. We have an advocate at the Father who's at the right hand of the Father and he's sitting there and he says, look, and and he says, Father, I need some grace through Jesus Christ. By faith, I receive the empowerment of that grace to deny all ungodliness, to move into godliness and give the mercy of God and have the blessing of God. But you might not get your money back right in that moment, but if you get the blessing of God, you're going to get it back in, in other ways, multiplied." Multiply, because that's the blessing of God. I promise you, the blessing of God far outweighs your little your little plaque and your little money back. Yeah. Yeah. Your little money back just don't don't even compare to the blessing of God. You want the blessing of God. Yeah. But that it's in that moment where we have to say, Oh, oh, I know who I am. I might not can do this on my own. However, I can't do it in myself righteousness. However, I've got somebody. I've got somebody. Uh, Father, through Jesus, I need some empowerment of grace to then push back on this spiritual temptation and win so that I can move into the blessing. And Jesus, standing up in the throne room at the right hand of the Father, will say, Father, by themselves, they can't do this, and, and by themselves, they are not righteous, but by my blood. Now, he, he's already done all this. He doesn't have to say it every time you need something. But he's, he's there to intercede on our behalf in every situation. And, but, he, but he's already done this once for all time. He's a pleaded the blood, made us righteous. But he can say, Father, they're righteous. You know, they're righteous. They're righteous. All of a sudden, we have all the rights to everything that Jesus has. Yeah. Because we're righteous. We're made right in his eyes. And he says... Pour out the grace. Pour out the grace. Glory to God. Pour out the grace. And the Father says, Gabriel, Michael, send the grace. You know? Just like, you know, when you're in a battle, it's like, send the rain, send the grace. And all of a sudden, the power from on high. You know, it's like, (laughs) uh, it's like a lot of people, they're like, they're going to feel the power of the United States. They mess with us, that that little country waving their sword or whatever, right? They're going to feel whether they're going to get something they don't want, right? Well, it's the same thing on this situation. Uh, The devils are going to get something they don't want when a believer knows who they are and knows how to draw on the grace that God's got for them, they can walk in every one of these blessings. They say, send me your grace. All of a sudden, they start praying in the Holy Ghost. So You know, all of a sudden, grace comes. Boom, they get empowered and they give mercy right in that moment. See, winning a battle is not always like puffing up. You know, It's not always like that. Sometimes it's like this. She said it last week. It's okay to shut up. It's all right to shut up. Winning a battle and giving mercy is sometimes this. (laughs) Smiling when smiling is the last thing your flesh wants to do. Bless your heart. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. That's winning the battle. And here's what. You might not get your money back. You might not get the frame all put together like you wanted it. But what you will get is the blessing of God. And the blessing of God, I promise you, will give you multiples of what you think you've lost. You had not lost it. God knows how to restore things, redeem things. He knows how to make it like it never happened. How he does all that, I don't don't have to know all that. I just know I got a good loving father. And every blessing that he's laid out in front of me, I can pull on grace to empower me to walk it out because Jesus has made me right with God. And so that's what these blessings are about. And so a lot of times people have this idea that church is, is a condemning place. But listen, a church is there first to an unbeliever to tell him about the great news that they, they don't have to go to hell. They can, they can be with Jesus for eternity. And that doesn't just mean going up to heaven. That means having life and life to the full right now. But then how he gets us to life full. See there's a lot of people going to heaven that won't have full life here on the earth. But if you look at every one of these blessings, every single one of them uh, are talking basically about what you can have on earth. It's conditions for earth, not conditions for up there. That stuff's already done. It's conditions for earth. And he's saying I want to pour out a blessing here, but you've got to meet the conditions of it. You've got to walk in this but he says even if you don't have the strength to do it i've got it and i'll give you the grace you just got to make up your mind i'm going to be a righteous person i'm going to be righteous when you make up your mind he says oh and here's the strength to do that here's how you walk it out and all of a sudden you step into the blessing that's how it works so a lot of people are sitting back like I, I'm, they're feeling condemned over it. They're feeling like I can never do that. That's not what it's about at all. He's given us this to raise the headlights up so we can see the great things that God has for us. And not only that, I'm going to give you the gas and the tank to get there in Jesus' name. Amen? amen. Can you see that? Say, I'm the blessed of the Lord. The of the Lord. We're, going We're going places. Amen. Glory to God. You are. So let's look at verse 10. Verse 10. And it says this, blessed are those, oh, this is just joyous. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> Yay! Persecute. You know, when it says blessed are the merciful, you got to have a situation to pour out mercy. Yeah. That means there's got to be, in other words, to, to walk in that blessing, there's got to be some situations come up where you have to be in mercy. You know what that means, right? There's a situation your flesh is going to be like, I don't want to be here. Uh, here's another blessing. Blessed are the persecuted. You know what that means, right? And There's, there's persecution. In Mark chapter 10, it says, Whoever gives uh, for my name's sake or for the gospel's sake. In Mark chapter 10, it says, it says They will have a hundred times now in this time and in the time to come eternal life. In other words, God will pour out. A hundredfold now in this age and in the time to come, but then it makes this statement with persecutions. I've heard so many preachers say it, and I agree. I wish that wasn't in there. But it is. Why? Because here's the thing. When you start getting blessed, when you start getting blessed in your life, right? Come here, Dave. All of a sudden, God just starts pouring out stuff in your life. There's my kid and he pours out the blessing and he's got so much he can't even carry it all, right? He's got so much he's got to hold it in his shirt. You know when it says it'll be pressed down, shaken, together, running over, will men give it to your bosom? That's what it means. They had the cloak and they would hold the cloak up and it would be so much that their cloak couldn't hold it. It would overflow, right? So then all of a sudden, well, guess what? Somebody else be over here looking at your blessing going, who they think they are. They ought to give that to the poor. If they were so holy, they ought to give it to the poor. Oh, God's blessed them, quote, unquote. God's blessing. Why are they so happy? You see, you start walking in the blessings of God and people that don't understand the blessings of God, a lot of them go to church, um, uh, they are going to talk about you. And they're going to persecute you. You know, the world really doesn't mind uh, a church having stuff it, unless they've listened to a lot of the people that go to church. Yeah. That's the only time the world really gets upset with them. Right? But, so, in other words, but it's the church that'll be like have their little religious stuff going. Why does he have so much stuff? And what's really going on is they're like, here's what's going on in their subconscious. I wish I had that much stuff. And that's why they're upset, because they haven't judged themselves correctly, and they have not discerned the Word of God rightly, which it tells us to do. And they get upset. Well, you start walking in. Now, we're just using money here, but uh, there's other ways that you can do it. He's got joy. Why are they always so happy? <laughs> the other day, uh, we, had a, we had a testimony just the other day. Somebody said, I want you just to argue with me again. Right? They're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, ain't happening. <laughs> Cause, why? Because I ain't giving up my blessing from God. Right. Say, so, say, I ain't giving up my blessing. I Amen. Amen. I ain't either. No, but they're going to talk. They're going to talk. Now, I, I could teach on why not to talk back uh, and why to forgive, but. But when you start getting stuff in the Lord, they're going to talk. You'll have things now in this life, but it comes with persecution. Think about this. Jesus, they persecuted, and he did everything right. Now, this is important. I want you to think about this. Jesus did. Thank you, sir. Jesus did everything right, and they killed him. They didn't just persecute him. They killed him. They definitely talked about him. Isn't it? So how how, that's the thing. Now, see, most people are like, ooh, I don't want to be like Jesus. Yes, you do. do. Because what you don't understand is the strength that you can have in that moment when you start pulling on the power of God. See, he opened up the door for grace to come so that in the midst of that, it don't even bother you. Mm -hmm. It don't even bother you. It doesn't even get under your skin. People talking about you, persecuting in different ways, You know you know they one of the reasons that i've I've read this and heard this multiple times, one of the reasons why they stopped killing Christians was because the more they killed them, the more Christianity grew. Mm-hmm. Yep. it showed their their heart to believe now see here here's one of the things we've gotten apathetic on that on that today you know most most people and listen, we can't even say a prayer over our food in a restaurant in America because we're ashamed of Jesus. And and you don't have to raise your hand, but I'll raise mine. Anybody ever felt that pressure? Yeah. I have. Sure. No, I don't want to do it. I don't know what people think about me. And it's a fear tactic that the enemy tries to operate through your flesh. But there's people... Yeah, and we got to... Whoa, 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 whoa. The early Christians believed so much in what God had given them and wanted to replay, repay it so much that they would give their life yep. for Jesus. Yep. But a lot of them, you know what happened? They're getting tortured as they die and their bodies getting tortured, but they're smiling. Yes. Why? Because there's a glory. It says Jesus tasted death. In other words, he tasted the sense death he felt every pain. But he tasted it so you and I don't have to. And that's part of what was manifesting right there. They weren't tasting the things that were happening to them. A lot of Christians, when they die, they don't even know they died. Yeah. When you hear people and stories about them coming back, they don't even know they died. They just saw a bright light and all of a sudden they were in heaven. or they, they, Then they came back. When they came back to life, You know, they woke back up. They don't even know. Why? Because Jesus tasted death. In other words, there's this fear in us that's come up that we, we, we've forgotten how to stand for anything today. We, and, and we don't want persecution. We don't want somebody looking at us funny. Uh, we, we don't want people to know even that we're born again. And, and what is, you know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's, it's good. Amen. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, we talked about the kingdom of heaven. It's interesting that there's two verses in here that talk about the kingdom of heaven. The first one is the poor in spirit that we talked about, like in session two, I think it was. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? So in other words, it's a humility. But here's another place where you inherit the kingdom of heaven that we'll talk about what that is. And that's when you receive persecutions. In other words, I'm willing to put my life on the line, to put my life. Humility, Lord, I need you, I can't live without you, gets me the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm not talking about going to heaven. That's not what it's meaning here. I'll explain what it means. But, Lord, I need you, I can't do this without you. And the ones who are willing to be persecuted, they'll put their life on the line in that way. They experience the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is this. You'll notice in your notes, uh, if anybody needs notes, just raise your hand and they'll bring you one. But you'll notice that it says in the brackets there that the kingdom is, uh, think about this, it is kingdom is king's domain or the domain of the king. Right? That's where the king has dominion. When, when we give ourselves, we will have the dominion of the king. Don't you want Jesus to come into your life and set up dominion? Yes. Woo, how many problems you got when that happens? It, it, the kingdom means the realm, the rule, and the reign of God and it turns you from being a mere person into the royalty of heaven. You're the royalty of heaven. Yeah. Wow. Do you understand? You might not see that in the physical. Like, I mean, if you, you all of a sudden start getting persecuted because you stand up for the things of God, when you wake up and go to the bathroom in the morning, you might still look the same in the flesh. Mm-hmm. But in the spirit, you look like, oh, this is devil's. All of a sudden, they're sitting there going, ooh, who is that? That looks like Jesus. Ah, no, don't get around them. Why? Because you took up royalty of heaven in you because you were willing to stand. A lot of these ministers, I'm convinced a lot of these ministers that are bigger ministers that move in the power of God, it's because they moved into the royalty realms of heaven. They moved into the domain of God because they were willing to be persecuted. They put their lives on the line and all of a sudden it, it, it elevated them to another status. And they start walking in the rule of heaven. They start calling for things of heaven to happen. They happen yeah. because they put their lives on the line. They put their lives on line. Do you realize this is not for pastors. Yeah. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yeah. Those that believe. Well, what does it mean to believe? It means that I'm willing to give my life. You know, over in Revelation it says this. Uh, It says, and they will overcome, talking about the devil, they will overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. In other words, they loved the things of God more than they loved their own life. They were willing to put their life on the line. And I'm not just talking about dying and being a martyr. You know, a lot of some people take that and they run with. It and they're like, "I'm a martyr for Jesus." Uh, that's, that's good that you've gotten to that place. But there's, and Paul said it this way: for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. In other words, you can be in. Just before you go, all saying that you're a martyr, just pray over your food at, at Applebee's, right? You know, just let's get there first, amen. Yes. And, and let's get to the place where we start winning some souls, amen. Yes. Let's lay hands let's give our let's let's uh give our T V time up yes. and get in the word. Yes. Let, let's put our life down like that. I mean, before we get to I'm a martyr for Jesus, let's do some of that. <laughs> huh? Put the, put, the <laughs> put the phone down, stop scrolling on Facebook. Scroll in the book, and let's read something that gives us life, not strips it. It is. Oh, he's just condemning us now. No, I'm raising the headlights up. I'm raising the headlights up. I'm showing you how to get into the blessing. I'm showing you how to step up to a new rule and reign. And all of a sudden you speak to that problem that's been in your household for years and it fixes. Oh, glory to God. I'm preaching this morning. Hallelujah. All right, so for theirs is the kingdom, the realm, the rule, the reign. Whose is the kingdom? The one, the ones who have been persecuted For the sake of righteousness. So before we talk about persecuted, let's look at what for the sake of righteousness, right? So for the sake of righteousness, in the original language, it has this this meaning. It means uh, they're persecuted for being right in God, right? And doing what's right and just in God's eyes. Not in what we think, but how God sees it. So the first thing is, over in Second Corinthians verse, I quote a lot, "Thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph and manifests through us the aroma, the, the, yeah. the smell, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place." In other words, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of God manifest everywhere." But then the very next verse starts talking like this: "To some it will be a stench of death." I thought it was a sweet aroma. And to others, it'll be life, right? Yeah. And what that means is there'll be somebody that, man, you get around them and you start manifesting the things out of the knowledge of God in every place. And somebody sitting there that's moving to life or they know Jesus or they're, they're going to be saved. Like it's a beautiful Roman. They're like, oh, I need some more of that but then you manifest it in somebody else that's going to deny God and they're going to be like, get away from me, you blankety blank, whatever, whatever. (laughs) That was fun. I enjoyed that moment. You don't get to do that every day in church, but you know, anyway, I've done did that and, and said the D word several times in this message. Hey, everybody online, love you, praying for you. Amen. And uh, don't send me no letters. Amen. Um, so, and then, so here it is. You, you've got this, you know, you've got the, these folks that you're creating an aroma because you're carrying something. That's right. yeah. And if people will receive it, they love it. Yep. Yeah. But if they won't, they don't like it. And all of a sudden, they don't like the light that's in you because the darkness in them is cringing. Yep. And so all of a sudden, they treat you bad, right? That's for the sake of righteousness. In other words, I'm bringing righteousness. I'm, I'm right in God. I can't help that. Say, say yeah, I, I know Jesus. Say it. Say, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm right in God. I'm right in God. I, can't help that. I can't help that. You got a problem with it. Problem with it. That's on you. But I'm just going to grow in light. And grow in right. That was a tongue twister. Man. You're going to keep growing in the light of God, right? You're going to grow in what's right. Right? And start doing more and more right things. Empowered by His grace through righteousness. Right? You're going to keep growing in these things. So that means the light's just going to keep getting lighter. Well, the people that are in the dark, they don't like that. What happens when you turn on the light and there's roaches around? (laughs) And if you could hear them yelling at you in roach talk, they'd be like, "Blankety blank, turned on the light." (laughs) Praise God! They can't hear it. We can't hear them. No one, you know what, they, I can, in my spirit, I bet I can't hear them. No wonder I like stomping on them things. Get out of here. Right? Anyway, don't start. Amen. Or do start. I'm just, yeah, go ahead. And um, <laughs> so then, but see, that's the way it is. Imagine just spiritual demons when you start bringing the light around them. Well, there's a whole bunch of people influenced by spiritual demons. There's a whole bunch. A lot more than you think there are. I promise you that because we have to deal with them on a regular basis. And there's a lot more and a lot more real than what people, well, somebody can even be born again, but they are oppressed. They've got this pressure from a demonic force. Maybe they, maybe they grew up in their life. And in their home, it, it yep. was attached to them and they yep. never they never knew how to deal with it before and they don't even know. They're trying to get it right, but they've got this spiritual stronghold and all of a sudden you bring some light around that. What's that demonic force? I don't like him. He just gets on my nerves. It's not him that gets on your nerves. It's the him in him. Yes. It's the Jesus. It's the light in them. Right. Yes. See, oh, See, if more preachers were carrying this, people wouldn't be running from churches with it. That's right. ah, for real. She's like, she said, what? <laughs> but as it is, we've watered this down. We haven't grown the light in ourselves. I've, I've been guilty of this too. We haven't stoked the fire of God in ourselves. Yeah. And so people come along, they don't see any more light in the church than they do in the world. In the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they did a poll not too long ago. They said, what's the number one thing missing in church? You know what one of the highest ones, if not the number one thing was? Love. Yep. Wow. That's sad. Yeah. Was, you know, even, even the you know, divorce rate in church is the same number as the world. That's not any different. Yep. It shouldn't. It be different. Yep. It should be because yep. we've grown. But see, we haven't grown because what we've done is somebody started raising the levels, and instead of saying, "Hey, that's where I'm going," they've said, "Oh, I'm not there yet." That pre- that preacher's preaching condemnation. I'm I'm breaking some people's free, and you're thinking, I can feel it. Amen. Yeah, amen. You're starting yeah. to see, oh, ah, yeah. ah, oh, ah. Oh, that's how this has been working. So then, you know, you see this and the sake of righteousness is, you know, in other words, I'm just carrying light just because I'm righteous. There's some people that's not gonna like that, and, and they're gonna just they're gonna persecute you. They're gonna talk about you just because you're, oh, you're better than me. I didn't say a thing to you. I just said my blessing. I'm not better than you. I'm just trying to get better myself. I'm trying to be a better person in God. And I've learned some things about how to give him thanks. You know, that's, but somebody feels the condemnation of it because the devil's sitting there going, oh, look at him, who does he think he is? And all of a sudden they tell you off in the restaurant. And, and that, that's why we don't want to say a prayer. Because the light that's supposed to go out and bring a conviction, not a condemnation, but a conviction to draw to the light, we're not showing anymore because we're scared of persecution. We're scared of it. Glory to God. That just makes everybody want to dance. So, what's persecution? Persecution means to be harassed, mistreated, troubled, and, and this is interesting pursued with hostility. So anytime, because a lot of people only think it's persecution because a lot of people say we don't have any persecution here in America. And I would say it's because of persecution we don't have any gospel going out in America. Because people are so afraid of actual persecution. They think persecution is only if there's some martyrs around and somebody's being killed and you can't even go to church unless it's a secret church, you know. And that's what they think persecution is. You'll notice as you read through the Bible that when that happened in the New Testament, it didn't just say persecution, it said great persecution. There's a difference. So you can be persecuted, and that can be just somebody talking about you. And that's the majority of what happens. But every now and then you'll hit into an area or into a region and there's great persecution. That's what Saul was bringing against the church. He was dragging Christians out of their homes. Uh, they were killing them. They were martyring them and everything. That was great persecution. You know, over in the Middle East we're seeing some great persecution. But here in America, for the most part, it's not even close to great persecution. But people scared of any persecution. You know what that is? That's, that's that co-worker saying... Well, you know, the holy roller just came into work. Notice they clocked in on time, making us all look bad, and they don't want to be known for that. They, they're like, oh no, no, I'm, I don't. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? Be a be a lazy, you know, out of excellence person? I'm supposed to do everything as unto the Lord but they're afraid of persecution so they won't even walk out the fruit that God's empowered them through grace to live and be the light they're called to be. They pull the shades on their own self yes, because of persecution. Not great persecution, but just the persecution because they won't want to be known as that. People don't even want to come up to the front anymore because they don't want to be known for something. Right? Now, and there's reasons for that. There, there's some legal reasons sometimes and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in general when somebody's got nothing, there's no legalities behind anything or anything like that, they're just afraid to come up front. They're just afraid to say their prayer. They're just afraid for these things. Right? That they, if they really get honest with them, they're just afraid of that. And that's, that's persecution Holding us back. And what's it also, according to this verse, what also is it holding us back from? The blessing of God. Yep. The blessing of God. It's holding you back from being the royalty you're called to be. Yep. And let, let, me, let me show you an example of this. Do not, don't raise your hands. But we're a church now that, you know, we're this morning, uh, we hit in this year over 880 commitments to Christ in 2018. That's an awesome number. Your average church has 100 people in it, $100,000 budget, and they win less than two people per year to the Lord. That's your average church in America. So we're doing better than that. But here's the thing. Don't, Don't raise your hand and just think about this. When's the last time you personally... One somebody to the Lord. Why? Persecution. That's so good. Persecution. That's good. Because we're afraid to talk to somebody. Right. We're afraid of what they might think. We're afraid of how they'll react. That's persecution. We're afraid that they might bring a harassment against us. We're afraid yep. to be known for something. Yep. And and I feel it too. I feel that pressure. It's just fear. I feel that pressure on a regular basis. I just have learned, hey, i got to stand for something or I'll fall for anything. i got to stand for something. And I've learned, you know, and, and it's like I, I, I used to think this thought, well, my goodness, I'm a pastor. They ex- uh, this helped me to overcome something. I'm a pastor. They expect for me to pray for them. And I let that be an encouragement to me. But but doesn't it play true in this too? I'm a Christian. They should expect me to want to bless them. They should expect me to pray for them and want to see their life go up. And so one of the things that really helped me was I started to learn how do I speak to people in today's age without causing them to feel condemned? How can I speak to them? I'll give you one of those keys uh, right now. And this is, this is really true. A lot of times people know what to do. Right? They're just not doing it. They know what to do. They know in their heart what to do. And so one of the things that you can say. And this is true. Uh, this is not you using some tricky way. It's just seeing it from a certain perspective. And understanding that. And, and they can say. Look. You can say. I know you know this. Because inside in their spirit. As I speak it. They're going to know it. I know you know this. And I'm not, I'm not assuming that you don't know this. That's A lot of times we get in trouble because we, we speak from a higher level. And this is what Christians have done. They speak down to the world instead of coming up underneath them and lifting them up. I know you know this. I just, let me just be an encouragement. Because you know this, I'm going to give you the go ahead. I'm, a, I'm giving you the high five right now. Man, God wants you blessed. And if you'll do this, he's going to bless you. He's probably already talking to you about that. And see, there's no pressure on that. I'm just agreeing with him. I'm confirming. Because I know even as I speak, if he didn't know that before, as I speak, what's the Holy Spirit going to be doing? Confirming the word in his heart. So I just learned how to, how to say it that way. And it's not me speaking down to him. I'm getting down on their level and saying, and I'm saying, hey, let's do this thing together. Right? When I have that heart, I had to get that in my heart first. Once I got it in my heart, it was easy to do that. Right? And so we have to learn how to do that. And once we learn how to do that, in other words, what is that? That's me learning how to be a better soul winner. That's me learning how to be a better proclaimer of the things of Christ. I'm not just sitting back saying I can't do it because I'm really afraid of persecution. I'm saying let me attack this thing. This persecution is not going to hold me back. I'm going to move into my place of royalty because I've done seen the road ahead. I've done seen the blessings and I'm going to let the blessings of God inspire me to go and do those things. That's where we should be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So I wrote it like this, Brian's paraphrase of Matthew 5.10. Man, I've been taking notes on people preaching long this week. Matthew 5.10, The power and the full blessing, the power of heaven and the full blessings of heaven will manifest in the lives of those Who are harassed and mistreated simply because they are children of God and they stand up for His right ways. The power and the full blessings of heaven will manifest in the lives of those who are harassed and mistreated simply because they are children of God and they stand up for His right ways. And I ask this question how much do we really believe in this Christianity? Do we believe in it enough to start taking action on it and give ourselves to the persecution? Yep. Do, we, do we believe in this Christianity enough to start putting our life on the line? Do we? Because if we do, there's a corresponding action to it. Yes. If we do, the persecution's not going to stop us. Right. Just like those Christians in the early church. Death couldn't stop them. No, I ain't giving up Jesus. He's awesome. He's done great things for me. Even if I died today, I'm better for knowing him. I ain't letting go of him. You should know him too. You want to kill me? I hope you don't. But I ain't letting go of him. And I'm not going to stop talking about him. You know, the officials told Paul, Don't, Peter, don't speak in his name again. Again. What's right? Listen to you or listen to God? Sorry. Well, you're going to get a beating and get thrown in jail. Okay. I'm willing to pay that price. They're also the ones whose shadow healed people the full power and the full blessing because they were willing to put their lives online. It raised them, it elevated them, it promoted them to new levels in Christ. I'm telling you, Boomerang, you are a new level kind of church in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, you are not the kind of Christians that will just sit around and dodge persecution. You're the kind that will put your life on the line and God will say, elevate those folks. Elevate those people. Put some power in their hands because they are standing for me. That's who you are. we've done lifted the lights up and seen the blessing and we've decided I'm not gonna let a blessing of God miss my house, miss this house. I'm gonna go after it. Amen, glory to God. And so the action point I wrote was be bold and confident to stand up for Jesus Christ in every area. Be bold and be confident to stand up for Jesus Christ in every area. And listen, when we're standing up for Jesus, we're not just standing up for the man. We're standing up for what he represents and the anointing he brings as well. Let me give you an example of this. How many were here at the Holy Ghost service a few weeks ago? I'm preaching on tithes and offerings, right? What happens? The joy of the Lord falls in this place. I mean, people are rolling around for an hour and a half. The joy of the Lord falls, just like it was when Pastor Tracy was here the other night, and just like it was when Pastor Rodney was here. The joy of the Lord, and we've been having it for some time. We had a little little punch of it just a few minutes ago, but it was bigger than that that night. Well. There's a whole lot of people out in the world and and even more in the church that do not understand <laughs> do not understand why out in their mind it's out of order. In God's mind is exactly in order because the joy of the Lord is our strength. He is the God of joy. He wants us to be full of joy, enter into his joy, the joy of the Lord, the joy, the joy of the joy. And even in uh, one of the verses it says, here we were doing this and that and joy-ing. What does joy-ing look like? What does joy-ing look like? Just think about that. If they were joying, what does that look like? Like that. When the joy hits somebody. They were joying. And so here, here's one of the things. Could you be persecuted for that? Oh yeah, Probably. They're weird over there. Well, maybe we're weird to the world, but maybe we're not weird to God. And I'm much more considerate of his things right. than I am the world's things. Yeah. Not only that, but I have felt the effects of the joy. Amen. It is so <laughs> enlightening. Amen. It lightens the load. Glory to God. It lifts all the pressure. But some people are afraid of it. I don't want to be seen like that. They're afraid of the persecution. But see, the joy is simply a manifestation of the anointing of God. And when it says Jesus Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It signifies that he is the anointed one of God and the anointing of God. And so when we stand up for Jesus, we're not just standing up for the man. We're standing up for what he brings. And he brings an anointing. That anointing is what heals. That anointing is what brings wisdom. That anointing is what protects. That anointing is what restores. That anointing is what brings prosperity. That anointing. And so if we will back off because of persecution from the anointing and the manifestations of the anointing, guess what we're not going to carry? The anointing. And that's the supernatural power we need. That's effectively in our demonstration here at the beginning. That's effectively when David's sitting here trying to beat back that trial on his own. When he has the grace. Well what does grace bring? It brings an anointing. It brings salvation. It brings the power to overcome. What's the power? The anointing. And so when we say, Oh Lord, I need your power, but I don't want the joy. What we're saying is, I don't want the anointing and for persecution, because I don't want to look weird in front of people. Don't give me you. Because he's the God of joy. Don't give me you. So, in other words, David's saying, I need help, I need help, give me grace. And he's like, I tried to give it to you Sunday. Right. You resisted it. And now when you needed, the joy of the Lord is yours. Strength is not there. Right, yeah. And then, you know, you have some that, that aren't, they hadn't received the anointing they need for the week because they didn't show up to the service. Yep. Anywho. <laughs> Come on. No, that, see, this is stuff we got to get real with. And look, listen, it's not just for you, the world needs this. Right. Yep. Yeah, the amen. world needs this. It, uh, just the other day, glory to god Uh, the other day uh we had a a interview uh we shot seven connection shows while we were in uh, texas glory to god and uh four of them were with pastor tracy and we were talking about um talking about the testimony that we had joel where you went to the meeting and uh Pastor Tracy imparted an anointing. That anointing then the next day, somebody that was supposed to die lived and started to recover. They were in the hospital pulling the plug. They pulled the plug. They were expecting them to die. They pulled the plug. The person wakes up because of an anointing. But the issue was he was carrying that anointing because he was in the service. Had he not been in the service, he wouldn't have been carried the anointing and the person probably would have passed. But because they were in the service, the anointing was there. So how many people are missing the strength of God because they're not esteeming the ways that God said to do that? It happens all the time. And then what happens? Jesus, I thought you said you were going to give me grace. I tried to. It was at 1030 Sunday morning. I'm all up in some cornflakes this morning. It's all right. Y'all just keep eating. It's okay. But this is good preaching. And it's opening up. It's breaking some stuff off, some thinking, some habits. And I'm telling you inside of this preaching is the ability to break some of that junk off of you and start walking towards what you can see in his glory, what you can see in the light, what you can see that he wants to bless you with and stop being held up by the religious traditions that have held you back and the thinking of the world that's that's infiltrated our thinking. We got to go back and we got to see what's in here and we got to let this word infiltrate our thinking and we got to start living by this because this is our life. In Him we live and move and have our being. Not in the way the world thinks. In Him we live and move and have our being. We live. We have life to the full till it overflows. We have the power to move into the things God called us to move into. And we have our being. It's in Him. And the world can tell you all their stuff and all their Band-Aid fixes for everything. It's only temporary if it works at all. But this is everlasting. It'll give you a foundation that you can stand on and you will stand strong. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? This one's pretty simple, but Matthew 5, 11 says this. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you and this one talks about a reward in heaven yeah. now this is talking about an eternal reward right and it's along the same lines of persecution but but this is what you ought to see, is that when it says insult, when people insult, they taunt you or they speak evil of you. This goes hand in hand with the last verse. One blesses you now, this one blesses you later. Right? There's rewards that are there. He says when they taunt you and they speak evil of you, and persecute. Listen, when they see you enjoy, you know. Here's what we're looking for. We're looking when they see you enjoy. You know They may think funny of that, may they might not understand that, or when they see you operating in speaking in tongues or praying in tongues or something like that they may they may you know think funny of you, but this is also a plan of God to wake up an unbeliever as well. but when you start doing that here 's one of the things that happens um, you, you start doing that, it starts to catch people's attention. Well, it's the exact same thing on the light and the aroma that you're releasing. To some people, they're going to be like, I don't want anything to do with that. One day I started praying in tongues and, and there was a person that was visiting us for the first day. And they quickly got their stuff and basically ran out the door. Well, the same service, two miracles happened. And I got tickled because the thing that people actually need and want is in the thing that they were scared of. Yeah. And how prideful do we have to be to run from the very help that we need? Right. Because we haven't gotten in the Word and studied to show self approved. And, so one, and I, I posted something about that with a smiley face on because it's so silly. And we don't even realize that we've gotten to that point. And I was, did it to wake people up. Not to be harsh, I understand, I've been, I've been there too. But we've got to wake up people by living this thing. But the same one that makes people run, the power of God that makes people run, to somebody, somebody sitting there going, I have been looking for that. Yep. How many of you, when you came in, you said, I've been looking for a move of the Holy Ghost. I needed some real Jesus in my life. I needed that move in my life. Amen. And see, that's the people that we're looking for. We're looking for the ones that are hungry. So yeah, there's going to be some that will taunt you and speak evil of you. And we have them every now and then on, on Facebook. They'll be watching. They'll start talking bad about, you know. And okay, that doesn't bother me. I'm not going to argue with them. What do you want me to do? Debate you over something that, you know, you'd have to understand before we could have a debate? I mean, I, why would I do that? Anyway, um, Blessed are you when people insult, taunt, and speak evil of you, and persecute, the same word before, harass, mistreat, trouble, and pursue you with hostility. You ever somebody just got on your case and they won't leave you alone? That's where they're pursuing with hostility. And, then, and they falsely uh, say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So in other words, I'm trying to go after Jesus in my life. I'm learning. I may even mess up every now and then, but they are talking bad because you're trying to go after Jesus and be Christ-like. Well, they're going to do that. It's the world that doesn't have the moral structure to understand what's actually happening. They're going to, they don't know not to. Don't expect anything less. Don't be surprised by it. But this is what it says. When it says rejoice and be glad, th- these words actually meant, one translation said, that says this. When they do that, when they taunt you, when they talk about you, when they persecute you, right? When they criticize you, it says this. One translation says, jump for joy. Glory to God. Woo! Amen. You do that in front of an unbeliever, they're going to be like, oh my know, But... Yes. Maybe you need to do it sometime. It says, "Jump for joy and be supremely glad." <laughs> supremely glad. Can you imagine? Here, here's the thing: you, if you if I if you came up to me and you did something against me, and then I just love on you, oh, yeah. like you ever want to get somebody mad is when they. You know They're going down the road, and you make a mistake, uh, which hardly ever happens. But if it ever does happen, and you're driving, and you accidentally made a mistake, and they go by, and they tell you you're number one, right? And when they do that, just do this. <laughs> oh, you want to watch them get mad. And, and here's why. Because they don't know what to do with that. Like, I'm cussing them out, and they just loved on me? Now, here's the great thing. This is awesome. This is so much fun. They got to deal with love. Anytime somebody does something to you, it completely opens the door to you. Because now you have a legal right to inject something in their life and you get to choose, am I going to re- return the world or am I going to return the love of God? And if I'm, if I'm mature enough to return the love of God, now love does something. It's like you get to inject love straight into their soul. It's fun. <laughs> and you just watch it when that happens. They're like... <laughs> you know, and they, just, they don't know what to do with that kind of love. So imagine when they're like taunting you, persecuting you, they're reviling you, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you move into this place where you're like, yes! <laughs> 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 Woo! <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like... "What is the word that that <laughs> Christianity is fun. It is not boring. Jump for joy, rejoice, and be supremely glad. But you don't just do it just to confuse them. There's a reason for it. (laughs) There's a logical reason for this. Why? For your reward in heaven is great. You know, this is not that bad. Somebody's taunting me, they're insulting me. I mean, I've had that all. I mean, you... People pay for that when they go to stupid restaurants. Um... (laughs) I had it for three months straight in boot camp. It was, it was great. Um, persecute you. You know, it's really not that big of a price. But look at the size of the reward. In the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, Jesus says this. The reward that the prophets, prophets had, the prophets of old... When they were persecuted with great persecution and regular persecution, when they were you're getting that kind of reward in heaven for eternity. No wonder we can jump for joy. Wow, yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, So talk all you want. Do send me letters. Glory to God. Amen Shout, Jump for joy. Rejoice! Why? Because your reward is great. Because I know something you don't know. Get your, get, get your payback like that. You just gave me some rewards in heaven. Thank you so much. I love you. You complete me. You're awesome. How would I ever have those rewards without you? Thank you. (laughs) You see, you just start using this stuff. It's like yesterday, I'm not even gonna go into the details, but yesterday was interesting. It was a it was a resistance to my flesh. Glory to God, right? Well just use it. That's how you build muscle. Just use it. Just, just get better. I was like, ooh, I hadn't had to pour out mercy and forgiveness in a while like this. Glory to God. Uh, 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 uh. Well, let's take this bench press on up. Mercy times three. Glory. Amen. <laughs> Throw some more weight on there. Uh, all right. Use it. And people think you're crazy, and you are, for Jesus. <laughs> You just understand some things, You know something they don't know. I mean, you might even want to shout I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. And they'll just look at you like y'all are looking at me. And that's all right. I got reward. You just build. you giving me strength. You're giving me rewards. You just keep on. Eventually, see. Here's the other thing. You start understanding this and knowing how to do this, the devil's like, don't do that to him no more. Like he's just getting stronger. They're just getting stronger. They just, he just got like 10 rewards in heaven. It's the Christian who forgets this and re- responds out of the flesh that the devil's after. And if you've won that battle before, every now and then he just comes back to try it. Yeah. Let me see if they forgot something. But when you start moving like that, I know something you don't know. Oh, yeah, you just get <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. And you, you keep that. You just keep it close to the heart. Oh, you persecuting me? <laughs> woo Love you. You're awesome. Blessings. <laughs> Be blessed. Have a great day. Shut up. No, I mean it. <laughs> for real. I love you. <laughs> no, for real. I wrote this, Brian's translation. Purposefully, see, some of y'all were like, oh man, he's going to do 11 and 12 too. We're already here late, but you didn't know that was coming. It's good. Uh, purposefully put on joy be extremely glad when people harass you. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> they just cussed me out. I, I, I totally want these testimonies. Pastor, I just got cussed out. I'm so happy. <laughs> totally want those testimonies. Please send those to me. I'll, they'll make my day. Purposefully put on joy and be extremely glad when people harass you, insult you, make up stuff about you, speak wrongly against you because of Jesus. Remember, when this happens, your eternal rewards in heaven increase. On the same level, the prophets of old are blessed. The action point is this. Don't defend yourself. Just put on a smile when people talk wrongly towards you. Take a moment yeah. and receive those blessings. Yeah. You know, somebody does that, actually stop and say, Lord, I receive those blessings, those eternal rewards. I receive them. That will inspire you to put on that love even more next time. Put on a yeah. joy. Jump for joy. Be glad. Be extremely glad. You know something they don't know. They just increased your eternal blessings. Thank you. Now, if you look at all these blessings of God... Here's the action point on all of them. All these blessings. Believe for grace, empowerment to meet all of these conditions and believe and receive all the blessings that accompany them. So all these blessings in Matthew chapter 5 through verse 12. Lord, all these blessings, they got conditions. I believe you for the grace to empower me to meet every one of these conditions, to hit every blessing that's down the road. I'm headed right down there. I'm moving into them now in Jesus' name. I'm moving into them now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We've been living at a lower level than we should, but that day changed today. Are you with me? Are you with me? Anybody with me on that? I'm not staying at that same level. We know something they don't know. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing new levels into lives. Lord, we'll move in a new level of mercy and forgiveness. We'll humble ourselves. We'll meet all of these conditions by your grace through our righteousness. And Lord, we'll move to new heights in you. We praise you. And we love you. We see your blessings. And we're not sitting there mad because we're not there. We're heading there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.